0: Neal Before Blog Presents. Neil before pod. Hi, I'm Sarah Viva, and you may have seen me on
1: episodes and TV shows such as Lucifer, iZombie, Supernatural, Unreal, ICE, Aftermath, Dot Dot Dot. You can see it all on IMDB and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Welcome to another mind-bending edition of Neil Before Pod. I'm your host Craig McKenzie, or am I? And this discussion is all about the opening episode of Legion's second season. Back for another dose of weirdness, for some reason they've decided to return for the second season, we have Chris,
0: hello, and Aaron.
2: Dance number, people.
1: Dance number. You can't see it, listeners, but we're dancing right now.
0: We've been practising, it's taken us months and months since the end of the last season But we've got this routine nailed
1: We have, and you can't see it, but it's, it's spectacular. Yeah, um, Insert tap dancing sound effect, I don't know No tap dancing sound effect But before we begin, uh, Chris, what are you
0: doing next weekend? I don't know Craig, do you know I'm in Edinburgh but I'm looking for something to do And
1: by the next weekend, I, of course, mean the 14th and 15th of April, 2018.
0: Thank God for that, because I was worried you were talking about another weekend.
1: Well, that weekend is unlike any other, because it is the weekend that Edinburgh Comic-Con happens in Edinburgh. What happens? Edinburgh Comic-Con. Edinburgh Comic-Con? What happens there? It's a Comic-Con where it has guests, a panel hosted by this guy... And Nick, who is on the podcast sometimes. Uh, Guests include uh, Dominic Keating, who played Malcolm Reed in Enterprise, and a whole host of other people.
0: A whole host of other people? Those are my favourite kinds of people.
1: (laughs) There are panels, Lego, comics, people in cosplay, comics. Did you say cosplay? cosplay. (laughs) I said cosplay. (laughs) How can I get tickets and find out more? You can get tickets by following the link that I've put in the show notes that I've forgotten to memorise. Tickets are selling fast and it is getting close to the end date. By the time you listen to this podcast, whenever you listen to it, it may be gone. But if you're in Edinburgh or have the facility to travel to Edinburgh, come on down to the Edinburgh Conference Centre and... You'll find Edinburgh Comic Con. There'll be a lot of people, lots of fun, lots of nerdiness, all under one roof. That sounds great. It sounds great. And we suck at advertising. I can I say, I think, you don't have I think the web address. I, I think I lost a little of my life there. <laughs> Heroconventions.com, I think it is.
2: Do you was, want to advertise a on, special moment.
0: <laughs> do you want to advertise on Neil before pods <laughs> you could have your advert right here on this podcast. <laughs> get in touch now. our number is it's i it's on the tip of my tongue. Our number is um well uh, it's in the notes.
1: we can promise that we'll remember some of what your thing is about yeah we'll forget some of it. But uh, Edinburgh Comic Con can be found on com. You can also find it on Twitter under Hero Conventions. Um, And, yeah, it's an event that I have personally had a lot of fun attending. Uh, I've done panels, which includes me speaking in front of people. Lots of people, which is, you know, something I apparently can do without throwing up or anything. So it's amazing. Uh, There will be a special screening of Deadpool as well, introduced by the guy that plays Colossus. Whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and of course, the whole People
2: event. totally to
1: Yeah, well. Um, and of course, the whole event is organised and run by James Lundy, friend of the podcast, and he's been on once uh, for the Defenders podcast. He was supposed to be on Black Lightning, and there is indeed some audio of him trying to be on Black Lightning, but he. His his computer failed and we weren't able to have him on in that episode, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, for legal purposes, we're not allowed to show any footage of him on Black Lightning.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, now that that advert's out of the way.
0: Oh, was that all the advert? Yeah, that (laughs) that was all of it. Okay, that was all of it.
1: That was all of it. Yeah. Uh, Well, if we have more sponsors, we'll have more practice. Just saying, guys. The more practice, the better.
0: I'm just too busy building my website on Squarespace to doing any of these adverts,
1: <laughs> 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 and I'm too busy shaving.
0: What a subscription shaving service! Subscription That's the best shaving. way I hear. <laughs>
1: yeah, apparently.
0: Meanwhile, we can't hear Aaron talking because he's too busy cooking with that box of fresh ingredients that gets sent to him <laughs> weekly with recipe <laughs> cards. Anything yeah. else we want to throw in for free? Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I'm having a, I'm looking forward to a good night's sleep on my Casper mattress. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of them, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, I think about. we've I think we've basically <laughs> ticked the majority of the box off. Yeah. It's
1: uh, yeah, decent. Okay, so last year was it? Yeah, it was last year. Uh, or was it earlier than last year? At some point in the past, we did eight podcasts on the first season of Legion. For One for each episode. It was quite an endeavour, but we managed it once a week. Not with all hands each time. But still, uh, there were eight, eight recordings. This year we're dialing it back a little bit. So we're going to jump three episodes per, per podcast. So uh, this is the first one. We'll return after the fourth episode has aired. Then after the seventh. And then after the final, the tenth and final. So... We should get a good cross-section of the season. There'll be plenty of weirdness to discuss and we get to still talk about this unique show. Are you guys feeling excited about more Legion? Are you guys getting excited about more Legion?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you know, it is one of these weird shows and within the first five minutes of watching this new episode I was like, oh yeah, that's how weird this programme is. I forgot about that. It's, uh, yeah, it is one of the most oddball things. I'm, I'm just excited to try and pick my way through it and try and figure something out. But I don't think it's actually designed to be figured out.
1: And Aaron, are you excited about more Legion?
2: This is actually one of the only shows I'm actually excited about. There's, there's so much TV that we talk about and, and, and watch, but I'm just, I'm not feeling it anymore. There's so many superhero shows, and they come on, and they've got a journey to go on, and they have to learn this, and they have to learn their powers. It's like, oh. I, I mean, Black Lightning's good, but you know, I'm not excited about it. But Legion is is... Something else I don't know what the right word for it is But I'm happy that something else Does describe <laughs> it It, it it's, it's actually different To all of the other shows And How much TV is there out there by the way It's different to all of it
1: um, Except maybe Twin Peaks Which I've heard is kind of trippy I haven't watched it But uh, people tell me it's quite trippy
2: so okay, well, stomp yeah, stomp on that then. Let's just edit that from the podcast. Yeah, screw
1: good. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll we'll leave it in. Uh, we'll start with our normal, customary, uh, no spoilers. What did you guys think of the first episode of season two? Without spoiling, although I'm not sure it's possible to spoil it anyway. We'll discuss that. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the first episode of season I think.
0: Two? I think for uh, an opening episode of a season it sort of throws us right back into the weirdness It it doesn't particularly pick up from where it left off Um, Which I suspected it would in a way Um, And basically throws us right back to the start with a lot of guesswork as to what's going on again Despite the fact we thought we had kind of figured some of it out by the end of last season It kind of throws all that away and goes, right, (laughs) you know nothing, back to the start (laughs) Um, so yeah, I I quite liked it. I think it just carried on where it left off, and 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 quality wise, um, story wise, it's it's sort of thrown a couple of curveballs in there, which is nice.
1: Cool, Aaron, thoughts on first
0: episode?
2: I got my dance number. What else could I want? <laughs> if I'm If I'm honest, it, it's a it's a funky one though. This episode, I was a bit taken aback by, yeah, where they choose to start it. Obviously, I can't say where it is in spoiler, but it, I was thinking, oh, is this real? And then I thought, oh, but that's the whole show. So it doesn't matter if it's real or not, because they could just completely rewrite everything when it comes to episode three anyway, and it would still match the entire theme of the show. So even though I was like, oh, that was weird, what's going on between the seasons? I guess that's kind of the point. So I, I got everything I was expecting, uh, and I got my dance number, so perfectly happy
1: Cool, uh, I enjoyed it as well um, It was as crazy as it always is uh, Good dance number, as you say It picked up some of the threads from season two It changed things up a bit It just gave, it, yeah, it gave us more wackiness to play around with So I enjoyed it, I, I like this show And um, I think the second season isn't losing it What made the first season so interesting At least so far Although it's very much a kind of table setting episode in a way, you know, it builds up what the how the world has changed and things like that. Which you know, this first episode of a second season is going to do, and then, as you said, it might not be real anyway. Could all be nonsense. Could all be one big acid trip, and it would fit. So we're ready to dive into the the spoilers section of the brain or the the astral plane, the the spoiler plane.
0: Yeah, let's go for that.
1: Cool. Aaron, you okay
0: with the spoiler plane? Aye. Is the spoiler plane like the Batmobile?
1: No. As an astral plane.
0: Alright, all right. Fair enough.
1: (laughs) It's not an actual vehicle.
0: Oh, I thought the spoiler plane would be sort of our new utility van, you know? No, no. Sort of hear the team arrive on the spoiler plane. No? Okay. We used to have a
1: spoiler dog, but he died.
0: <laughs> in a tra- in a tragic quad biking accident. Tragic quad,
1: yeah. Uh, so we pick up apparently. I'm going to use this word a lot, probably. Apparently, a year in the future from the uh, from the end of the first season. Although David remembers it as being like five minutes ago when he was uh, captured by that pokeball and dragged away. For some reason, an entire year passed, and he doesn't find that out until Sid tells him that. So, oh, did it? or did it yeah that's a good question that's um,
2: I don't know so do you know the the, the thing that's mostly bothering me about the first episode and not in a good or bad way but I'm just like I need to know is is it what's how much of this is actually going to be seen to be true because when it opened my first thought was hypnosis the bad guys have got him using the forms of his friends to try and interrogate him they want his info, but you know that's that plot line yeah, and maybe that would be an old overused plotline so they wouldn't use it because it would just be a repeat of the past.
1: It's also what they did last season.
2: And, I'm, and I've sort of talked myself out of that from the perspective of two characters who weren't David met and had a discussion at least two or three times throughout it, which makes me think it... Surely you couldn't see that if it was entirely his creation... Unless I suppose he was looking down on it like some sort of god, but um, I don't really get how they joined Division Three. How did yeah. that happen?
1: Although they're deliberately not answering that question, I think.
0: Yes, well, there, was, there was only a very short sort of line saying that uh, Sid and Melody convinced the you know convinced the leaders that they were no longer a threat, but that seemed to like gloss it over entirely didn't it
2: yeah for now i want more from that and i trust the show to i mean that's the thing i used to say constantly throughout legion season one i trust this show to give me good answers it did all the way through the first series so i'm not worried about it that's what i'm gonna say i'm not not positive or negative it's got me a mystery to look into but but i want to hear more of that
1: I also like the PowerPoint presentation that explains why Division 3 is called Division 3. And it's yes. because there was a Division 1 and a Division 2 who they, they all have different purposes. One of them is research, another one's I forget. Strategy. What, strategy, yeah. And Division 3 are like action, I guess.
2: Yeah,
0: pointy stick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're the tip of the spear and all that stuff. And they're led by a guy who uh, wears a wicker basket on his head.
0: Well, it's sort of uh, uh, Lord Buckethead, wasn't it? You know, he obviously didn't win the election down south, you know, when he was standing for an MP. <laughs> so now he's taken over Division Three. That's the only thing I can think.
1: Well, the government have to put him somewhere. <laughs> uh, I think his his name was Admiral... I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. I'll sound racist. Uh, he's uh, Admiral something, uh, who wears a wicker basket on his head.
0: I'll try it. Is it uh, Fukuyama? Fukuyama? Uh, go for that. Let's go for that.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Admiral Bucket, that's good for that. <laughs>
1: Admiral Basket. Basket, yeah. Yeah, so that's quite interesting. And I quite like um, the sort of little background details, like the fact that the Shadow King can't control children. That's quite an interesting little detail, so they keep kids around.
2: Well, t- well, hang on. That, I, I don't know if accuracy is a thing here that we're going to be able to pursue, but didn't they just say he couldn't infect children?
1: Yeah, that's what I meant, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, fact, he control, was. He,
0: yeah. yeah, well he was able to influence David from when he was very, very young. So yeah. I don't I don't think the not being able to control children things uh That has something aligned. to do with his
1: powers though rather than mm. rather than him actually being young or, or old or whatever. So Or at least I think it is. It's more to yeah, it's more his abilities that are the thing. Um
2: either way, their guards wouldn't be left a gibbering mesh if he turned up, so yeah, yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. And then you have the robot. Uh, robot women as well, the you know, with the robot voices. Those are pretty weird. Not sure what that's about.
2: Well do you know there's one thing I was thinking was as this is from the perspective of someone who doesn't really like or watch horror though, so it might be from a rather uh innocent perspective, but I found they did a good job in this episode of creeping me out. <laughs> especially when I heard the I've never in it, all my life heard so many people chattering their teeth at once and that <laughs> that did put me on edge that it was, was a good
0: idea yeah. the use of sound through this was quite sinister actually even just the kettle whistling which I know is like a cliche that's been in so many movies in the past of the whistling kettle however they pull it off here to just something that properly creeped me out but yeah that with the chittering teeth uh, mm.
1: yeah it's yeah it was unsettling and it's it's quite interesting to think that that Oliver and um you know the Shadow King are out there doing stuff uh, and in in their wake they're leaving like chattering teethed individuals who you know cross them and and that stuff um revealing that he wants to find his body as well that is in the Shadow King wants to find his own body that's well that's all it's nothing at the moment I don't know why or why he'd want to do that or. Why it would want to do it, I don't think it's a Well, we were, we
2: were told it's because if he gets his body back, then he has almost limitless power. As he mm. is, he's really powerful as a effectively a mutant, but if he gets his body back, then he'll be even more powerful. Presumably he's then completely a match for David in, in any means, if not yeah. more powerful.
1: Possibly. Yeah, well, uh, they did say that, yeah, so i don't know.
2: still thinking of the atmosphere though just to go back to that for a point you said the sound was good Chris but th- the the visuals as well I think there's a few things in there that by themselves might not necessarily be considered massively innovative you know yeah, I, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to claim that but just these simple little shots like where you've got it talking to the Admiral and he's standing in front of this crazy painting which is somebody looking up through a, an American set of flat blocks, and you 've got these staircases, the fire st- uh, stairs going around the outside, but mm. then they zoom the camera in on David, and it creates this look like he 's falling possibly down but possibly up through the buildings yeah and I think you don 't necessarily look at that and go Oh that 's an amazing shot in in that sort of pure sense, but I think when you're you 're already sucked in to a state where everything is slightly creepy it's things like that that are adding to that constantly as you're going and I think I saw quite a few little things like that placed Mm. all the way through the show just to make sure that you were always that little bit on edge and I know that was one of the I I honestly can't remember now the individual scenes of season one as to whether that was a thing then but it's definitely a thing throughout this episode and I and one that kept me feeling the same level of slightly creeped out throughout the whole episode, I thought they kept it up all the way
0: there's all the corridors and everything are weird shapes. The design yes. is very very odd it's all that i mean there were there were two sort of blatant things that properly uh threw me in this episode and talking about noises i don 't know if we're wanting to cover this right now, but I suppose I'll jump right in on it. Um, but the the story of Albert's leg, I shall call it, is, um, yeah, was particularly uh, yeah. brutal. Brutal. <laughs> uh, yeah. brutal. Um, the noise of sawing uh, oh, oh god! through the plastic curtain. I can still hear it in my head now. And, <laughs> yep. oh, my God, that just,
2: yeah. Albert she deciding even- that his leg wasn't his anymore is just, ah. Uh, even just who, even just see, uh, having you describe that without any gory detail was enough to. Th- I, I <laughs> did a whole sort of spine shake and head twist then, which we can't put on the podcast, but it would definitely there. <laughs> oh. there. there
1: was there was a lot of well, not a lot, but there was enough of these kind of little. It seems pointless asides, you know, just um, where they would just go into some random vignette about something. The. The whole um, narration about eggs being a metaphor for madness and the maze inside the head sort of thing, which uh, incidentally was narrated by John Hamm.
2: Uh, I thought I recognised that voice.
1: Yeah, um, I recognised it too and then uh, I looked it up and it's John Hamm. And it seems pointless in the sense that it doesn't necessarily add anything to Mm. the episode as such, but I feel like it's important thematically and may become more important later on.
2: Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's the statement, it doesn't add anything to the episode. If it, it, Probably you want to clarify that to say it doesn't necessarily add anything directly to the foreground plot, but it definitely adds to the episode because it kept you in that that frame of feeling. And Legion has always been a piece that you can feel as much as uh, follow the the ins and outs of the plot with with an intelligence it's also got that clear emotional side to it which which is another thing i think that i enjoy about it just because it's another level to enjoy it on which some of the other shows that, that we're watching at the moment they're not trying to do that that's not their thing but yeah. it it's a it's a welcome addition
1: yeah and you had kind of a representation of the 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 overriding message of the show as well with the whole butterfly thing um, was whatever his name was, dreaming of a butterfly or was a butterfly dreaming of being this person? And that's yeah. like the, the whole notion of identity and do we really know ourselves? And the show is all about that because David has no idea what's real and what isn't. Yes. You know, all the time. he's just He appears in a random situation and people tell him, yep, this is what's happening, we need you to do this, and then he does it and then he winds up in some other layer of reality. So... Who knows? You know he doesn't know. We don't know. It's almost like David is the audience because we just have no idea uh, what's going on, and neither does he.
0: He is a massively unreliable narrator, which I think is what makes this interesting. From other shows, where you you see it from. Your protagonist's perspective but they're always in the right if you know what i mean it's very rare that you see it where they're in the in the wrong or being misled in a way but with this is like everything that you see you question on screen every sort of instruction he's getting from someone else you're like is that them is that not them is this the way the voices in the head again you know you're imagining this is him getting a lot better at controlling his powers and being able to sort of uh read people's minds but at the same time is he hearing the right thing is he getting sort of little whispers from elsewhere i mean it it just it does seem uh, you know that he's he's still a bit under the influence and a bit uh, confused
1: there's also a layer of mystery to david himself when he claims to not uh not remember the last year there's a suggestion that people don't believe him for a kickoff. And there's also little hints here and there that he does remember more than he's saying. I mean, he does talk about remembering being in a, on a roof garden or something like that uh, in little flashes here and there. But I wonder if there is more to his um, his year jump than, than we know about and, the, and that he's letting on. And it wouldn't be outside the show for, you know, David to be compartmentalising his own memories, because he's done that before. But I wonder if we are getting the full story. At least from his point of view.
0: Oh, I think we're definitely not. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be bits revealed. But it is that unreliable narration thing where, as we are getting stuff revealed to us, is that a true reveal? Is it a fake reveal? Is it a, you know, it's... it's whatever they want to paint it to be really at the time because that's all you've got to go from is the evidence that you've seen and then it starts to become who who you believe
1: yeah and whether we'll get definitive answers by the end of the season who knows but one thing I do know is that I do want to work for Division 3 after seeing their canteen
0: (laughs) I I was going to add that to my list of things that creeped me out the little (laughs) floating boat canteen what the hell is that does, it, does, it, does, does anyone sort of live normally in this particular universe, or is that just the norm? That's, in this particular place, the norm is that you would have a weird sushi boat canteen?
1: It's a good question. Aaron, what did you think of the boat canteen? I think it's worth remarking.
2: Actually, it was one, when I first saw it, it was one of the things that made me think, and that proves this isn't real. But it totally doesn't. It, no. it does seem to be that, yeah, they just have their own version of a sushi counter <laughs> and they use boats on water instead of some modern conveyor belt, which, yeah, in their world seems to make perfect sense. So why not? <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought it was cool. I'd quite like to have my food delivered to me on the back of a boat. Uh, it
2: mean, was a nice thing. I'm not going to tell you it was my favourite thing in the whole episode. But yeah, it was a nice little, very <laughs> nice
0: little thing. It's it's just a way to legion it up and make it, is. it weirder, yeah. isn't it? I mean, even, even the building, the design of the building itself is just that weird sort of honeycomb-shaped building. And then when they get into the lift, I was like, oh, they've went into a random empty room. No, it's a lift. It's the <laughs> biggest lift in the world.
1: It's, a, it's like
0: someone's office. And
1: the journey lasts com- as long as the conversation. Just like any <laughs> TV lift, really.
2: It is a complete commitment though I have to admit It's it's a show that has said Right, this is what we're going to do And we're going to put it in every single scene We're not going to just try and convince you That we've got a little idea, a little theme here And we put it in when we remember And when we don't remember it, just plot It is actually, no, this is everywhere Somebody has actually gone round Each bit, prop department, costume department Lighting, sound Everybody has been said, Right Guys, this is what we're going to do. All of you have to do this. And there's nobody that misses a trick on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, did you see the hand balloons outside the building as well? Like the green hands that were pointing at stuff. I think they were balloons. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, There were certainly hands. I don't know if they were actually balloons or not, but it seemed like they were on strings of some sort.
0: I would need to re watch to have a look at that. I I missed that one as I was looking at everything.
1: Uh, There's so much stuff so much stuff. It's just because I happened to pause it at that point because um, I, I can't remember why I happened to pause it at that point, but I did. And, uh, do you know
2: what? I'd be curious about with this, though, because I was thinking it's every department that's been asked to do this. I, I wonder with these things sometimes, how much of it is somebody's, and I hate this word, but I can't think of a better one at the moment, how much of it is someone's vision, and they <laughs> say, you have to make this real, and how much of it has everybody been told... Yeah, this is your remit. You just go and do it, and like everybody's improvising, because there's little bits that that make me wonder. I didn't see the balloons, but there was odd the little bits that I did see, like in in the in the dance battle. Um, uh, it's it's Aubrey Plaza licks one of her supporting dancers, and I don't know why I noticed that, I, but to, to me that was like, what the hell? Why, why did you do that? That makes no sense to me. But in the, of course, it makes perfect sense in character. She's just insane, you know. But surely that wasn't choreographed. The dance instructor didn't say right. At this point, Aubrey, I want you to lick the person next to you, you know, and make it this big thing. So, does, does, is that an indication that people were just like, right, everybody just go and improvise all of this? And some dude said, "I've got these balloons. I've got to get them in somewhere." But to be fair, they fitted. They must have, you know, they didn't seem out of place to you.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess the more out of place something seems, the less out of place it is in this show. I don't Maybe, know. but um, sometimes I wonder if it's just being odd for the sake of being odd. And you know, there is a lot of imagery and stuff that, I mean, it, it ties into the overall just kind of aesthetic of the show. But um, I think I think in some cases they are just being bizarre, just to be just to be bizarre. But. Um,
2: if everybody's improvising then there's certainly going to be the danger of that but that's the reason that I picked out as my example as to say Aubrey Plaza licking one of her dance uh, supporting dancers because to me it might just seem like it was you you, you, you might think that was that was her just being odd for the sake of being odd but to me that actually was f- fitting in with the rest of the episode of trying to creep out the audience because that that did it to me. The idea that some stranger would just lick me in the face—that again—that added to me to being completely creeped out. So I I thought that that matched this theme. Tell me it's tell me it's not in the plot, and I, I get you fine. They're never going to be able to turn around and say she did that for this reason. In her youth, it would blah blah blah. You know, nonsense. It was just no. This is the theme of creeping you out, carried into every moment.
1: Although it is um, in character as well, because we saw her parading around being all seductive last season when uh, you know in the, I think in the well it was there was a lot of black and white but I'm thinking about what she was dancing about in the mental asylum
2: okay Chris I need your input here Craig has just told me that it's in character because she's being seductive and licking random strangers faces is where <laughs> I am so can we link those two things together? Craig thinks seduction is licking restaurant's faces. Has he ever done it to you? I just need to ask.
0: I, I was wondering why he was doing that the other day when we were out in the cinema. But now, now I kind of know he was obviously you know trying to fend off a rival
2: or something. Yeah. I'm not too sure. No, I'm glad we placed that. That's good. I'm happy. Now carry no, that's on. That's yeah. all right. It's yeah. It's it's right.
1: It's more it's, reason to think I'm a creep. It's really great. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it to the list. Um, yeah, I I think it's the character being provocative and of uh, just like you said earlier on, just mad. That character and or- Aubrey uh act is still great. I mean, I don't think we've seen the best of her from this season yet because uh, last last season she was just completely off the wall. She's hardly um, in this episode though. Oh yeah, yeah, she's barely in here at all but you know that she's going to feature a, a lot further on.
1: Yeah, her, her, the main purpose of this episode in terms of that character was to remind us that she's still there and that she's out with Oliver and has inhabited Oliver and that's going to cause something. Um, one thing I thought, last season they seem to be leaning fully into the X-Men connection or at least the Xavier connection. So far this season they seem to be going out of their way to get away from that. You know, the, there was no real mention of his father or anything like that. So, um, I wonder if it was they were chancing it to say, if we get a season two, we'll ask Patrick Stewart to come on, and then they asked him, and he's like, "Nah." So they have to get away from that as quickly as possible.
2: Well, they did mention his father, though. They did say yeah. he, he's the one that brings it up when they, they they start giving you your, in case you've forgotten who Farouk is. Yeah, here's your quick uh, reminder. And David does say, "Yes, my, my father defeated him." So they. They've, they've only said as much as they've previously done. It's not like they've ever really said Charles... They've never said Charles Xavier before. They've only ever referred to the father, so... But they did it, lean
1: on it quite heavily towards the end of the season by showing the wheelchair, by, you know, showing the, the bald head on the, the chalkboard and all that stuff.
2: Well, yeah, but in, in how many of the episodes did they really lean on it that heavily? Is it just because you remember the, the later episodes? They didn't... They didn't have the wheelchair in the background of every single episode. No. I, I, I can't. I don't. Honestly, I don't think. It, I think it's too early to say that that's gone. I mean, you, you might be right. Maybe it has gone, and they're not going to do it. But I think it's too early at the moment because they, because they've completely changed the setting. They've moved it from their previous base to the new base. They've changed the bad guy from be, the original bad guy, and now the and now the. Allies, You know, they've completely rebuilt everything and it would take time to go through that and to give us all the stuff that makes it Legion. I think it's probably just a bit too early to say whether they are or are are not going to use a side point as, you know, as as the X-Men. Yeah, I'm completely with you
0: on that, Aaron. I think it's too early to, to rule it out. And, I mean, they have hinted that it was him that hid the body in the first place. So you've still got the potential of a tie-in, whether it'll be Patrick Stewart or not, I've got no idea. However, the the fact that there's still the chance that there'll be a connection there or a hunt or a clue, at least, on the way to the body um, yeah. that might might hint or might confirm, you know, I know it's almost confirmed pretty much from all the hints that they've dropped, but, you know, you just got to wait and see, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I liked catching up with the other characters as well. Um, they they all seem well placed in in Division Three. You know they found good places for them. They put Kerry in ta- in tactical. Uh, carries on like the research side of things. Uh, Sid and Melanie they're doing strategy. I think it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it just um, it, everyone seems in a good place.
0: I think Melanie's just doing whatever the hell was coming out of that elephant's nose. Yes. <laughs> well, there's I do not i d I don't I don't know she's doing a lot of strategy. <laughs> but, but that well that's
1: kind of her place though. But yeah, yeah, she is vaping a lot. <laughs> vaping elephant vapor. Yeah. yeah.
0: Elephant vapor, elephant yeah.
1: Yeah. And I like the um I like the cerebro scene. I mean it's the best thing I can use because it is a Something that enhances his mental abilities, and the description of um, what was inside it was really funny as well. You know, with strawberry extract and stuff. The you know the the, the solution he had to immerse himself in.
0: It was just the uh, the quickly delivered line. I'm going to find him from inside a daiquiri that made me properly chuckle. It's <laughs> yeah. like there wasn't there wasn't tons of ridiculous humour in this uh, in this show, but that line was just delivered so quickly and uh, over. It was just yeah. And it's Maybe supposed to, you
1: have to be unobstructed by like fabrics or something like that. And he's I yeah. have to be naked. <laughs> and it's just cutting through that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And that's where we get the dance number. It's like a memory. Or it's supposed to be a memory that he's remembering. I think.
2: Yeah, it must be. Yeah. yeah.
1: For what for some reason, at some point in the last year, he met up with the Shadow King to dance.
2: Well, um, I don't think Legion has ever been literal, and you know, ever. I, presumably, it's going to be at some point. He met up with with Farouk, and they had a fight. You know, a, a presumably a full-on battle involving uh, collateral damage humans. You know, who were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and they would have had the power of both of them have the mental power to. To use the people in the fight, so you might see that they do in a later episode. The two of them were mentally controlling random dancers in a club and getting them to Killed go them. at their enemy. You know, it, it could actually be that you've got this really beautiful artsy number that then turns into this horror show <laughs> as these teenagers start laying into each other. And that's that's how David prefers to remember it. He prefers to remember it as this choreographed dance off where nobody really gets hurt and at the end it's a bit of a standoff and they walk away without any trouble and then you come into episode four and it's just people just twatting each other with glasses you know shattering bottles and there's punch into the face you know it could end up being this this horrible shock moment that we're going to see so i i have to i have to assume it's going to be that um but but either but that and that would be great I'm, I'm I'd totally want it to be something like that, I think that would be a really good thing, but David then say maybe misremembering it, yeah, to the extent that then he's so emotionally involved still though that presumably his emotions push that power out into the room and drag carry into the dance as well, you know I could believe that that's it's it's just a he can't control his powers, so his memories are making you dance to it too, <laughs> and that that also would seem to make perfect sense within the in, within the world of Legion.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they can almost get away with doing anything because it is just so so surreal and messed up. Uh, and I noticed they did this similar. Th- I mean, we talked about imagery earlier, but they did a similar thing that they did in season one by. You know everything is so like looks so deliberate, but there's also a kind of basic quality to it. You know, every most of the rooms are one or two defined colors, and you know there's there's a simplicity to the locations, which uh, I don't know that it tells us anything. But I just think it's interestingly distinctive.
2: I'm not sure I know what you mean. Actually, simplicity to the locations. Give me. So they'll they'll be in a.
1: You know, whenever he's in a room, it tends to be. You know a a big white room or a big red room, or whatever color they decide, maybe there's like spatterings of extra color roundabouts
2: oh, this is his imagination, you mean his yeah he's created he would... yeah,
1: yeah, it seems to it seems to kind of feed into the real world sometimes as well, or what we think is the real world
2: well, I think they do I think they do that on purpose with their design in the yeah, you can usually tell when he's in his memory because if you've got that more idealized room and then when he's out in the real world i mean the, the only for strange reasons the only thing at room i can think of is the room melanie was was sucking the elephant for want of a better phrase um that <laughs> that has a, a lot of stuff in of this it. podcast i don't know that, <laughs> you can't put you can't put that on that's a bad one you'll never get it, passed, <laughs> passed anything. But it that that room had a lot of stuff in it, didn't it? It had her stuff in it, it had decorations in it. They, I yeah. thought they'd done a, a. I thought they'd specifically. I mean, what, what else can I think of? The the science rooms that carries in, it has all of his gear out, and there's there's machines everywhere. I'm sure the there are kind aren't. of dingy, yeah. So they 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 give you a a room full of equipment or full of material, full of decoration when you're in the real world but when you go into david's head it's it's purposefully romantic it's purposely simplified the things that are there are the bed that he wants to use I've said <laughs> and then there's there's flowers on the wall and a nice picture because it's the romantic image of a of a of a room
0: you can normally tell or at least you're led to believe that you know when he's in and out of his his sort of dreams state that they share together you know cuz you saw elements of that last year but the the sort of bit that hints to me that you know p- possibly there's still a, a bit of a connection between him and um and you know the king is that you've got that sort of scene of the horrible creepy duck creature or whatever the hell <laughs> that is crawling across the floor in his little dream state, that, that sort of hints to me that there's it's still being manipulated there. I don't know. Did, yeah. Is that what you have taken away from that as well?
2: Isn't that that? So that little thing, I don't know what to call it. The yeah, the little black ooze no. creature. Yeah, that's that's the representation of delusion, isn't it? Because that's what yeah. the narrator's telling you when it comes out, and then you you see that thing usually in the narration. But then there's this one point when you see, I think, is it David, Is he? In, he's either in bed by himself or he's he's in bed asleep with Sid. And that little black ooze is crawling to the bed and then it either vanishes into him or it vanishes under the bed. But that that's the other bit that made me think then, right, so the delusion is in David's head, so he is clearly deluded.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, what I couldn't quite work out, and maybe there's not enough information for that yet, is does that delusion mean that everything we're currently watching is fake? It is actually Division 3 has built him a new world to live in so they can try and get information from him. Or is the delusion the state of mind that he's in where he can't remember having a massive fight with the Shadow King in a club, he just remembers it as a dance-off, and that's, that's the delusion that, in in this case, it would be the Shadow King is built for him. So I I don't know who's built this delusion yet, and I don't know therefore what it means. But as I say, maybe maybe we just can't know that yet.
1: I mean, another part of the, the potential delusion is the fact that it's been a year and Sid's just willing to pick up where they left off. You know, they, they have a minimal conversation before it's like, let's just resume this relationship. And it does feel kind of jarring as well that, you know, after a year, it seems like they just... Blends right back into the group so easily, so um, that can yeah. But to him, of course, that.
2: as he says, he's only been away for a couple of minutes, so yeah. he he doesn't feel any trouble getting back into the group because it's the group.
1: Yeah, yeah. He only saw them a few minutes ago from his perspective, but from their perspective, um, it's been much longer than that. And Sid does seem a little bit too accepting of the, of the fact that he's back without, you know, without really getting answers to her questions as well. So again, I don't know. It's The delusion could be that. Uh, well, yeah, exactly.
2: There's, there is no guarantee that she is the real Sid yet, so no. that that could be purposeful.
1: Uh, and she can possess cats now, or she can switch bodies with cats.
2: Uh, well, that that's something that, well, I was about to say makes sense, but I don't know if that's the <laughs> right phrase or not. But, you know, if you're someone who is developing your powers, you're going to do it in some way, yeah. and maybe it's a good idea not to experiment on your fellow humans you know maybe you do practice on on other life forms first that you know i I'm, I could see that that's a, that's that's a thing
1: yeah i just thought it was quite funny uh, in itself that you know, i've been inside a cat <laughs> um see what else she'll become over the course of the the series maybe she'll become that elephant
2: I have no way to respond to that. You have to move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So this episode gives us some information. It kind of, I think, um, the fact that the show has been off the air for so long hurts it in a bit because I was partially struggling to remember what had went on last season. Um, maybe I should have rewatched it before this came on, but I've not had time. But. Sometimes it doesn't do a good enough job of reminding you of the important beats from last season. So the, I mean, I remembered that the Oliver and the Shadow King had buggered off at the sunset themselves, but there was just other little things that I'd forgotten about. Mo- mostly when it came to the, the the internal character relationships and things like that.
2: So whereas I totally get your point and I I do understand that I I'm going to completely disagree because. The one thing that I have always liked Legion for throughout the first episode was the first season was this lack of a need to use exposition. There was some, you know, they did put some in. Even in even in this episode here, he makes sure to let you know that it was his father that yeah. that defeated Farouk, but they don't actually really do big long essays. And and honestly, the less of that, the better for me. In something that's supposed to be a mystery, in something that is as much theme as it is uh, plotting, for full brain thought plotting, I, 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 I don't want to have wasted time given over to these explanations, even these reminders. Do you know what? If, if I want those reminders, I've got Wikipedia, I've got IMDb. I could, as you say, heaven forbid, go and rewatch the first. One. You know, there's so many ways of doing it. I, I don't want them to lose any time. And to me, it was always a bit more of an intelligent show that way. It didn't say throughout the episode, oh, and you need to remember this, and you need to do it. And in other shows, that's appropriate. In a show like Supernatural, you, you know, you don't mind it. You get the reminder, you need what you know. You're in for a bit of fun, and you just want to have your bit of fun in your episodes. They are purposely standalone episodes, and, and you enjoy them for that. But with Legion, it's a piece. It's an ensemble piece. All of the episodes you take together as as a unit and you could almost watch it as one big, long film. And I think season two, I I want to see the same thing with that. I want to have this this big, long piece that doesn't lose time. If there's anything in it that I don't get, well, that's kind of the point. I'll work it out. And I, I loved that for season one. I got to chuck out theories. They're all wrong. I didn't get anything right. But I had so much fun trying to think about what was going on you know that was that was the enjoyment to me. I, I, I don't want signposts. I think they'd, I honestly think they'd be in the way. To to indulge you
0: on uh, one of your theories, uh, one that got expanded a little bit in this episode was you had another Alice in Wonderland reference. You had a little Alice in Wonderland poem.
2: Oh, did what, how did I miss that? What, get, bring it back to me.
0: There was there was uh, the talk of uh, take one bean and you'll shrink, take another bean and uh, you'll grow ten feet tall, and yes. all that, all an d- Alice in Wonderland reference. And I know that you were collecting your Alice in Wonderland I references was. the last time <laughs> around.
2: Thank you. I'd actually forgotten that, I, well, see, there's Craig's point there. And I'd forgotten that I was collecting <laughs> Alice in Wonderland references, so I'm going to start up again now. Thank you, that's good.
0: That's <laughs> no, yeah. all right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, you both in one way. I'd, I'd forgotten... Uh, little character developments from the the first season. However, I think because of the way this picks up with him just missing a massive chunk of time, it doesn't pick up directly from where it left off. So it kind of leaves you going, uh, "Oh, all right, well it doesn't really matter how it finished because this is where we are now anyway." Yeah. Um. You know, p- part of me had even forgot. Oh yeah, he did disappear in that weird orb at the end because it was just like literally the last few seconds that he gets yeah. whisk- whisked away in this orb, and I was like. Oh, oh yeah, that's how that finished, okay. And and I and I suppose then it you know, when we see him he arrives in his sort of test tube and he doesn't remember where he where he was. Yeah. We don't even know where they collected him really. So it's um yeah, I I I kinda get where you're both coming from in that respect. And I, I think there's elements that have been forgotten and they'll do little reminders. But the thing is, with this film... This film? With this TV show having a sort of unreliable narrator and unreliable truths, it's very difficult for them to go a previously on because I suppose that would be like establishing already known facts and we don't really know any facts at the beginning of any of the episodes or even at the ends, you
1: know? Yeah. I'm, also, I'm wondering the Shadow King as a villain facilitates all this craziness, you know, in some way uh, because his... His function is to get inside people's heads and play around with it. So you know he makes David essentially unable to trust his his own mind, which, since he's the the vehicle for the audience to look into this world, that's fine. I wonder if and when they defeat the Shadow King, what does the show become then? I mean, if there is a season three, you know, what do they have to ditch some of this unreliableness, or do they do they keep it? You know, and um, or, and how do they keep it, or is it? Maybe it's just the Shadow King has destroyed David's brain so much that, you know, um, that it's just permanently in a state of what the hell's going on.
0: I mean, I think one of the ways that they they could do it is the exact same way that they've done here. I mean, obviously it's a bit doubled over here, but they're doing the sort of time jump and going, well, where have you been? Oh, I don't really know. And then leaving you guessing. It, You know, we wondered how they were going to depower him in this because I think our discussion at the end was, well, if he's got full control of his powers now, then he's going to be unstoppable. However, in this, you go, well, he's still not quite in control and we don't know if what he's seeing is real or his interactions are real or how other people have been influenced. I mean, what's brought all, all of them together? As far as we're aware, they're not meant to be together and it's been a bit of brainwashing mind treatment. And, you know, it's just taking longer to work on him than everyone else. You know, who knows?
1: Yeah, and they mention how powerful he is in this episode as well. Mm. It's directly mentioned that he's, you know, immensely powerful. Um, I think it's more down to the fact that Division 3 are somewhat scared of him and would rather work with him than against him, but it could all be one big manipulation. He might still be in the asylum, for all we know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be the end, you know, the very, very end of the series, he wakes up in the same asylum where he started.
1: Yeah, wondering what's went
0: on. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, please no. (laughs) Uh,
1: Aaron, do you have any thoughts on kind of what the show does when it doesn't have the Shadow King? Because it does rely heavily on that...
2: Trying to predict the future of something that is, by its very nature, chaos. I yeah. no, I don't. I don't know. I don't honestly know what they can possibly do after this. But yeah. to me, it's not really a big deal. If they give me three seasons with him facing the Shadow King, and then they defeat him at the end, fine. And then, and you know, they call it, and they don't do a season four or something like that. And I'm, that's fine for me. I don't need things to go on forever. I could enjoy it. Yeah. It would be, it would actually be a show that I would watch multiple times through, um, which is not going to be possible with something like Supernatural. Honestly, I, I bought that stuff and I'm thinking, am I ever going to watch this through all the way from the beginning again? I kind of thought I would, but I don't know if that's possible now. Maybe at
1: you'll just spend several months of your life just, I know, immersing yourself in in the wonder that is Supernatural.
2: I'm building my retirement right now, as we speak. Um, but with Legion, if if they, as I say, if they gave me just two, three seasons, focus seasons on a specific plot, and that was all we got, that's fine. I'm good with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, I'd be okay with that as well. It's just, um, I suppose, I never want to see it become too traditional in that sense. You know, be becoming linear and starting to make sense and all that stuff.
2: No, would well, you know if they ever started to go with more? Oh, I don't want to sound insulting, but I think I'm going to anyway. But too bad. Who cares? Um, I don't. If they ever start to go down a more simplistic humor route, like like things like Legends of Tomorrow, and it is just about the Im- immediate hit of a, of a quick gag and a pun, I, then it, it's over. They've they've lost their trick already. They need to keep it Legion. What it is. Wacky, crazy, a mystery. You're trying to work out what's going on. It needs to stay there. And if they can't hold that, I hope they call it a day and walk away with something they can be proud of.
1: Yeah, well, Noah Hawley did Fargo before this and I think he ended it like there was a defined end point built in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure there was a defined end point built into this. I think they were they seemed confident enough that there'd be a second season by ending the first season on a cliffhanger. Uh, equally if there wasn't a second season it would just be one of those oh well, still out there, nothing's resolved cool Uh, so it could be that this is meant to be the last season anyway
0: and I'd love it if they do have an actual game plan for this but the you know the scary thing is that networks get a hold of these things and then go, "Oh yeah, I know you've got a you know a free series plan, but you can do a fourth can't you? You can just <laughs> let's just you know we'll give you a gob more money and you can go and do this and this, and we'll let you film here and yeah, you know you could just do a yeah stretch out to four and then they manage to stretch out to four and they go, do you know, I bet you've got a fifth in you, haven't you? you' just just leave it a little bit open ended and we'll see what we can do and you know I'd, I'd love it if the showrunners and the writers have actually sat there and went right here is the plan we're sticking to it and it will wrap up at this point because um, I think that's when programs sort of go off the rails I mean things like The Walking Dead and everything at the moment it's like does anyone actually have a plan of how these things are going to end I'm guessing not it's just going to be at some point this will get cancelled and you will never find out what they want to do
1: yeah, yeah there is that problem with network TV shows and stuff um, it depends on ratings as well and all that all that stuff I have no control over but it does seem like an endpoint point would, would be built, and it's based on what this showrunner's done before anyway it certainly would have a certainly there seems to be a structured idea of what's going on because every episode is as we mentioned last in the last run of podcast is distinctly a chapter of something, you know, so there's uh, and even then it was what this episode had volumes within that chapter was it volume was that the heading they used at different points
0: i can't remember if it was volumes or chapters actually
2: i thought it you know i thought it was chapters which is which caught me out to start with because the names of the episodes are chapter something but, yeah. and i think throughout it it also said chapter one two and three which which as i say confused me a bit at the start but then i realized it was it was just two separate things
1: yeah most people won't see the name of the episode. It's just you got to call it something. Yeah. Friends' logic. The one with the whatever happened yeah. in like the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the ninth episode. So it's chapter nine. It'll do. Yeah.
2: Right. I've waited long enough here, people. We haven't start. We haven't properly discussed the dance number, so I think I'm mean, going to have to interrupt <laughs> whatever schedule we've got here and have to bring it up. Schedule? What, what are you looking at? Schedule? Okay, whatever <laughs> whoa, whoa, plan whoa, whoa, was going whoa, whoa. on in we your head, it needs to stop right now, and we need to bring out the dance number. Sure. Um, it was good. It
1: it was what I'd come to expect. It was just. It was insane.
2: I was going to I, say, is that it? You're just going to give me good? Come on, I want more. It was I good.
0: More. I thought it was a great dance number. I was really, really hoping they were going to do one in this episode because I thought, so the first episode back. Surely we get a little random dance number in here. And when they went into the club and he stepped back and all the dancers were there <laughs> around him, I was like, here it is. Bring <laughs> it on. And it was, yeah, very good. I think yeah, they, they kept, kept teasing, teasing us with it.
1: Everything. They kept teasing us with it throughout the episode because they kept alluding to the club. You know, yes. you kept seeing the club in some way or another and then it was like, oh, is it going to be now? going to be now? Nope. No, no,
2: nope. no, yeah. Yeah, but that's just, the, that's just the brilliance of it. You know the dance number has to be there. You've possibly seen the trailer, or you might have avoided it, but if you've seen the trailer, you know the dance number that's coming is in the club and they're like, oh, is it at the club? Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, here's the club again. Oh, no, it isn't. And you know it's coming and then they hit you with it and it's nicely delivered.
1: Yeah. I liked that Jermaine Clement was involved as well. Oh, I
2: that was it was slightly, slightly caught me out actually when I was watching. Them. I was thinking, oh, they're going to do all of them are going to do a dance number, and Audrey Paz is just going to show them up completely because I assume she's got dance training based on everything we saw in in season one. And I thought, are the other two really going to be able to 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 dance with her and and hold the line? And to be fair to them. They didn't. They never do anything as dramatic as she's done before. But to be fair to them, I thought that both of the other dancers did pretty good jobs. With uh, they, fair play to, I forgot the name of the guy already. Is it Jermaine Clement? Yeah. Um, it? I, it's, I think he is. He's not old. He's not old by any means. But he's a hmm. little bit older than the others. I think he's my age. And I know that I couldn't stand up anything close to somebody like Aubrey Plaza when I was trying to, <laughs> if I was trying to do it. And and they do, and th- the worst thing of it is, is the fact that in the tra- in the preview, the trailer. I think he does something like a, he does this amazing sort of scissor kick, and it's not in the episode. And I thought, no, why are you not doing that? That's like Jermaine mm-hmm. Clement doing a scissor kick, and you don't put it in the main episode. He he almost gets to it, and they cut it. And I thought, why did they cut that out? Especially because it's in the trailer. You've shown me this brilliant move that he does. How did it don't it's don't get been cut the-
1: out, and we're not just going to see it later?
2: I guess maybe they'll show it again. I I, I think they don't normally revisit their dance numbers, though. But it seems like this plot point,
1: for want of a better phrase, is going to be important because it is all about this, you know, the club memory or whatever it is. And I'm just uh, re-watching the dance number quietly, like on mute here. And there's a bit bit where there's a bunch of, well, people lying on the floor around David uh, about two minutes in, and it kind of looks like they're dead. Yes. You know, it doesn't look like part of the number So it, is that a sense of reality Creeping in
2: maybe Well, This is what I mean by I think it's going to have to be it, it, I mean it is blatantly A dance battle I mean when they're in there all three of them Are doing a dance battle And it, it's interesting that it's the three of them actually It's not just two of them Yeah. It's not just David against the Shadow King oh. It's David, Oliver And the Shadow King I don't know if there's going to be any meaning to that But it was very noticeable that the three of them are separate, and the show in the previous season has done quite a good job of using the dance number to get a point across. Yeah, you know, the show, uh, Aubrey Powell does a a victory dance through David's mind at one point. Yeah, and it's a proper celebration. And then at the, in the in the latest episodes, there's the horror of the the Bordello number where she's she's toying with them and it adds gets that extra horror with the black and white, you know. So they really try and use it. So I'm I'm thinking then if they've separated them all out into some sort of triple dance number, but maybe that does mean something about Oliver trying to fight his way clear as well. But the way it has to be that that dance battle is representative of some real fight that occurs, in which case you seeing the dancers put down... Onto the ground by, well, all of them, to me says collateral damage. Yeah. All of them are doing something that damages, hurts the people around them that are just caught up in this.
1: Yeah, could be. Uh, the coordination um, is off the scale here as well. It's ridiculous. It's just. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone is super coordinated. And it looks like it's the actors actually doing it because you see a lot of their faces. And, yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, that's what I mean by I think they actually managed to hold their own. All three of them did a good dance number. It. it I, I don't. Maybe went, for all I know they've all got dance training and actually they could all do it. But I, I don't know any enough about either any of them to say that's true. But yeah. whether they do or do not, it was a proper dance number. It was a proper choreography. It wasn't just people dancing around you on stage like some rubbishy pop star. They were all involved. They all interacted with their their supporting dancers in a way that you could believe then if it does turn out to be a real battle, the movements will have a corresponding meaning in the real scene. And, and as I say, that therefore, that's, that's proper choreography. That's meaningful. That's powerful. It has a purpose. Yes. Was anyone else reminded by... Of Deadpool with
1: David's T-shirt, it's kind of the the color scheme is very cool <laughs> with the you know the the black and red. Although it's two triangles, but like I don't know, I kind of thought it might have been some kind of Deadpool reference, albeit a it's really a, subtle one.
0: It's a cool looking T-shirt. I've got to give you that. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah. I mean, color scheme maybe towards the Deadpool thing, but I I just thought it was quite a cool looking T-shirt. It's like to if be you honest, turned his like face
1: into two triangles. <laughs> Deadpool's out soon. Could be a very subtle reference
0: very, very subtle but yeah, I, I, I thought it was a cool t-shirt, I'll give them that uh, um, uh, on the dance number note, yeah I, I, I don't know what dance training they've got but I thought, yeah, very very clearly
1: well a lot <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. well let, let's go with tons of rehearsal time and uh, probably did it well at drama school and stuff, let's well, go Flight with
1: of, I mean, Jermaine Clement, he was Flight of the Concords, they did a bit of dancing about, didn't they let's go with yes uh, Let's I'm go sure. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure Aubrey Plaza has got like stage oh, experience, yeah. which includes dancing and stuff. And Dan Stevens, who knows?
0: Yeah, well, he did Beauty and the Beast. That was yeah. dancing on stilts. So he
1: had, you know. he had to he had to dance in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, and people so, were underwhelmed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just That's checking funny. out um, Bill Irwin, who plays Carrie as well, because I've just remembered that it's not just the three of them. Because the yeah. man, the the power of David transfers back over into, for one of a better description, the real world, and carries yeah. caught up in it. He does a pretty good few steps as well. I'm was, I was just running down his Wikipedia to see if he's done a few things. I think says he's been on. He says he's been on Broadway. So actually, maybe they, maybe he said, if you're going to do a dance number, I, I can do a, put a few little steps in here. And he said, oh, brilliant. If you're doing, a dance I don't, now, think- I want in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I am I the only one that's not
2: rewatching the dance number? Is that, is that... yes? That's true. I, during <laughs> this podcast, I've actually rewatched the dance number about five times.
1: I've rewatched it once. Oh, Aubrey Plaza is taking on new challenges, uh, which dancing is apparently outside her comfort zones. So ah, there we're, really? I, well that was that was last year, though. So it's been oh, in right. her comfort zone, and you know,
2: even even then, the dance number she did last year that was outside of comfort zone. Good grief. Yeah.
1: Plaza worked with choreographers Vanessa Young and Janine Gorjev. who worked on previous Legion sequences to get the scene just right. She had ideas of her own concerning how the scene would work, but had little prior dancing experience. Good grief. She could only recall a scene from Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I think everyone <laughs> will agree that that is a modern classic.
2: I I've never don't seen even it. know what that is, so I'm going to agree, yes.
1: It's a... These two, uh, it's these two guys. I think one of them is Zac Efron, and they need dates to a wedding, so they pick these two. The let's just say unorthodox women who are going to possibly show them up. And Aubrey Plaza is one of them.
2: Um, well, in, in that case, fair play to her. If she learned it just for this, and she got to that level, stunning.
1: Yes. Yeah. Will we see more dancing this season? I certainly hope so,
2: yeah, that has to be a yes. I'm not going to be satisfied at the end of this if we don't get two or three dance numbers.
1: not every episode because then you're starting to milk it, but no, no, you know here and there keep us keep us in dance numbers. It's the only superhero show where we get dance numbers, so
2: yeah, it's one of the reasons I came and stayed. <laughs>
1: Well, before watching the first one, you had no idea there would be a dance number, didn't you?
2: Um, I sh- I'm sure the opening Bollywood number was on the trailers for season one.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember the trailers for season one. I just remember um, pre- you seemed quite yeah. surprised by it in the uh, when we first talked about it way, way, way back.
2: Oh yeah, I was surprised to see it in a in one in a super's show. You know, to me, this is not even a super show in that sense. They've taken the medium and sorry, they've taken the genre and done something else with it. it, As I say right at the start, this is one of the reasons why I'm actually excited by this show because they have managed to do something completely different. It's like we were saying on the the Last Jedi podcast that Chris and I did recently. I picked out the, the the. Oh, what is it? It's the the solo film has got a uh, a little parody on YouTube where they they somebody's taken it the trailer and put it over a Beastie Boys track. And I know this isn't going to be the real film, and it's not going to happen. But it's like somebody's had an idea. Somebody's taken the genre and actually bent it into something new. And I would totally have watched that. I would totally watch that version of solo if it came out. Legion to me is actually doing that. Taken supers which. How many Super Shows are there now? I mean, 5 DC, 4 Marvel at least. Uh, there. Well, no, actually, there's more than 5 Marvel. There's 8 Marvel. And there's, are there any independents as well? There's, there's hundreds of them. And they're all, they're all quite similar. I know they're different. One's dark, one's light. This one's about kids. This one's for grown-ups. And this one's adolescents. But they're all pretty much the same. People get powers, they use them. People people have moral dilemmas, but they resolve them. People keep secrets from their family. It causes problems, and then they go back. You know, it's not... There's nothing new there anymore. And then slap you in the face, kick you with a scissor kick, dance move. Uh, Legion comes in and gives you something totally different. Breath of fresh air. more the dance numbers, the
1: better. I've always thought the X-Men, as a concept, uh, has been... um it's very conducive to doing different things because you have so many different characters from different backgrounds who can do so many different things that you can do, you know, anything. And up until Legion, all we'd really seen in the the visual spectrum of X-Men stuff was the films where, you know, they're blockbusters. They're all blockbusters. Um, Was Deadpool before this, Legion? Even then, that's, you know, it's an action-adventure blockbuster. Mm. Um, And... And so that like Legion is really testing the waters of you know what you can do with them, um, with mutants and with the concept of of worlds that are full of these bizarre comic booky organizations and things like that. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, you had the Gifted, which was a much more traditional X Men type show. But even then, it kind of opened it up a bit, opened the concept up, and and took the time to explore stuff that you just wouldn't be able to do in a film. Uh, and there's a sense of a bit of um, a bit of courage in the in, in the films at the moment. Although I'm saying that, knowing that this has been kind of undercut, the the New Mutants film, which is an asylum based horror film, oh, yeah, uh, but it's been pushed back to 2019. They're adding characters to it. They're changing plot elements, so they could be taking whatever the original interesting concept is and getting rid of it and replacing it with something far more derivative because when have you ever heard about massive reshoots making a film better Mm -hmm. you know justice league yeah i'm sure that improved the experience um maybe it did we'll never know but i think at the end of the day um it's good that some people are willing to take a chance on on that and i mean i don't know what legion's budget is i imagine it's notable you know it it, it probably has a fairly decent budget although there is a kind of a I want to say student film quality to it in the sense that a lot of the locations look pretty slapped together with simplistic elements you know they're using a lot of camera trickery to get things to work it's you know it's not a big special effects fest I mean the pedigree of actors you've got in it they've got to command a decent salary because Aubrey Plaza's been about a bit Jermaine Clement he's got to be worth a few quid and so on uh, Dan Stevens has been kicking about. You know, he won't be massively cheap, but um, it's interesting that someone greenlit this. You know, and and it's it's encouraging. I mean, maybe we'll get more diff more different kind of outlooks on this kind of universe, so to speak.
2: It's only shows like this, though, that are even going to keep the genre alive because. To go back to something like Black Lightning I think Black Lightning is an excellent show It's also managed to find its place In our current culture And societal problems So it's it's, it's Hit a time and place certainly very well But still If you come out of that Setting And look at what they're doing With the plot It's still superhero Takes on supervillain Whilst dealing with moral and or family issues So it's It's not really pushed the envelope Gifted you've you've brought up You know it's they, they do actually go into the depths of again A bit of what would happen if this really occurred In society How would people really deal with this What would it really look like But again it's a bunch of kids get powers And go on funky adventures fighting the adults So no, neither of them As good as they may or may not be They've never really pushed anything and if we see more and more and more of these shows more spin-offs at some point people are going to go i've seen this whereas with legion i challenge anybody to say i've totally seen this before i mean fine you brought up twin peaks but it's not in the same genre even then that was pretty much Weird for weird's sake. I think that yeah. coined weird for weird's sake. Whereas Legion is trying to give you something that connects to the plot. This dance move, this dance scene occurs because later it might turn into uh, a, descri- a metaphorical description of a battle. You know. So I think they they really are pushing with this, and it, it it will be the survival of the genre as we go into the next decade, and people are still trying to create super films and super TV shows. I do think
0: it's a show that inspires chat and debate because of its weirdness and the fact that it's a bit off the wall at times. It inspires people to talk about it and I think that's the kind of thing that that keeps these programmes going is if it's still a talking point uh, in the weeks after that it's aired or the days after it's aired then I think that's always a good sign for a show.
1: Yeah, and I think um, obviously there's room for everything or every type of thing. I mean, you don't want every superhero show to be legion. That would just be insane. you would, you'd never sleep, you wouldn't know what was going on at all ever. Um, and I think with the, with the other ones it's not so much what they're doing, it's kind of how they're doing it the, the reason you know the, the reason I like these shows is because I, I, I engage with the characters uh, first off, if I don't like the characters, I'm not going to like the show, and then you have to put those characters in a plot I'll enjoy. So, therefore, Black Lightning's killing it on that front at the moment. They've they've got a bunch of characters that I like. They're putting them in situations that I really enjoy, and um, it's all coming together nicely. The Flash, by contrast, it's characters I... Well, we'll say I like them. I used to like them, uh, and they put them in situations that I can't be arsed watching, and it just bores me to tears at the moment. So, like, it's... You know, it's doing things with your simple concept, I suppose, or your you're easy to latch onto concept and they, yeah, I don't think Legion will ever touch audiences on a kind of cultural, um, cultural level because it isn't trying to make points about race riots in the U S or, or, you know, Trump's spread his presidency or anything like that. It's, it's trying to be something a lot more abstract and I suppose there's, then people can take their own meaning from it. It's because it's not trying to tell you this is what I mean. I don't know, maybe that's going down the wrong track, but maybe not. No one has any follow-up to that point. So, I don't think there's much else we can mine from this episode. I mean, I can't, I can't think of anything else that we haven't really discussed or haven't touched on. Um, predicting what's going to go on the rest of the season seems pointless. We do have a bit of an objective. We have the the idea that the Shadow King wants to find his body. David doesn't want him to find his body, although there's some external force that speaks to him through um, charades, essentially. Time travel? Question mark? Yeah. Question mark? But it's the weird charades, isn't it? Like the um, drawing stuff, and you guess, guess what
2: it is. It was I, good I, when I like... she just wrote in the air because you were thinking, "Yes, thank you. You've got a stick. You can You don't have to use shapes here." Yeah. Yeah, I,
0: I I did think that there was maybe a quicker way that she could have written that, uh, but I I like when writers are smart and sort of go. However, this this time travel question mark works. Um, could that be
1: symbolic of David's understanding? Like maybe he's latching onto something he already knows. Potentially. So, so the the thing is when it's when it's um, misshapen, you know, drawings. That's him trying to piece it together, and then when it finally it was written, help him or whatever it is. Mm. Is it help him it, the the final message? Is yeah, I think yeah. that's the yeah. Um, yeah that's him understanding what this is all about. So again, it could be his mind clearing as as the time goes on. Easily,
2: it's all yeah. interpretive, so there's there's no reason to think that that should be taken straight either.
1: And that that goes back that goes back to my point about this show isn't really trying to tell you what it means; it's trying to. It's encouraging you to take your own meaning from it. So it's a di- you know it's a different strategy of storytelling. Yeah, and it's a valid strategy because it's um, you know it's one of those shows that you can't you can't just thumb through Facebook while you're watching it or whatever. You know you have to be really paying attention. And even though what you know, even I was paying attention, I had to rewind it a couple of times <sighs> as well because certain scenes were like what, and um, I was still kind of lost <laughs> when I did that.
2: Would well, you know? It's a, the other thing that, that it, this this conversation now makes me think is it it makes me want to revise a statement that I've made in a couple of previous podcasts where I've said I need a bit of purpose, and I think that I probably need to qualify that a bit actually because the black black lightning gives me purpose. I do want my my science fiction and my super shows to have some value to it, and I was thinking that what I absolutely had to have was some commentary some playback on society, but I realised that watching Legion, I don't I, I do just need it to have its own purpose in some degree and so with with Black Lightning, it's a cultural purpose, it is commenting on society, but with Legion there is a purpose to it, it's a we're going to present you with a mystery, And through 10 episodes, or 8 episodes, I'm not sure how many it's going to be. It's 10, 10 10 actually. Yeah, Yeah, through 10 episodes, you're going to get the chance to work out what it is, have a few guesses, and then by the end of it, we'll give you something, like they did with Season 1. So it does have a meaning. It does have a purpose. It just points out that that purpose can be pure entertainment. And I totally get that, and... I guess there are other shows that do that but they don't entertain me. But this this one has, so I can I am gonna have to I am gonna have to change what I say I need from a show to <laughs> include something like this. As you say, it's a different art form. But nonetheless giving you something you can latch on to and as Chris says, wrap your brain round.
1: Yeah. The one thing I was thinking as I was watching this episode is I would love to see Noah Noah Holly or Certainly, some of the people involved in the show do the next Doctor Strange film, because that this weirdness just lends itself so well to that idea. Uh, and I was reading that they're potentially going to use Nightmare, which is a Marvel villain, uh, you know, who infects dreams and stuff like that. Hence the name in the next Doctor Strange film. Don't you think that this kind of aesthetic would fit that perfectly?
2: It would to a certain degree. But I am not prepared to believe that they would risk a huge blockbuster film on something going a bit crazy. I think they've done films like um, Logan, which are, let's do a bit alt-verse, let's do something different. But it wasn't having to stand as part of a group of films. It could actually just be watched by a different group of people... And the production teams wouldn't be so worried. I'm not convinced that they would want to put Doctor Strange 2 into the... We don't really care if the rest of the Marvel audience doesn't come back for this one. This one's different. You know, they're going to want to make sure that there are tie-ins. And so I totally agree with you. I would probably want to watch that film. I can't see they would do it. I can't see they would want to take that risk. I can't see they would want to say, let's do another gamble like we did with Guardians. But let's do a gamble with something we've already established. I think they'll just stick with the. Let's have him telling witty jokes in some passable English accent, and um, leave it there. That'll do. Otherwise, just make it in a big action scene, or oh, a lot of magic. You know,
1: maybe. But the, I mean, I think they would work to a pro forma anyway. It would be here is the kind of film we want to make. Can you make that kind of film? And then, you know, there would be room for creativity in there. So any of the nightmare sequences would be. Essentially, what we see in this every week, um, but then you would still have the the overall plot that makes sense because a blockbuster audience has to enjoy it. It was just a thought that I had would be that the something that would fit Doctor Strange perfectly is this kind of thing.
2: I can't well I can't deny that. And if they would be prepared to do it, I would totally watch it, and I bet I would get decent enjoyment out of it. M- maybe they could get him on board just to do the nightmare direction.
1: Maybe, hasn't? yeah. It's a thought. Anyway, that's a massive digression from the from the point. So Shadow King wants his body back. David may or may not want him to find his body, um, depending on what's going on in his own head. So the the entire season has that simple objective. Seems simple enough. Every episode is going to be about him trying to find that body, among other stuff. Uh, it's the other stuff that will be the interesting part. And, that, and the unpredictable part as well. We don't know what the other stuff will be. Or even how heavily it will focus on that particular story. So, rest of the season, I think we're all amped for it. I think uh, that's the consensus here, isn't it?
2: Definitely. Mm hmm.
1: Cool. So, uh, does anyone have any kind of final points they want to make before we sign off?
2: I've got one more point to make. Is it about dance numbers, people? Dance
1: numbers. Number? People. <laughs> dance numbers. <laughs> I think we've established that Aaron quite likes dance numbers in Legion. Just make him this. Just make him the supercut of uh, dance numbers. There, there must be one on YouTube. If there is, it'll be in the show notes. If not, I will just link to the dance numbers in the show notes. Either way, it will be show notes. Cool. Uh, Chris, any final things?
0: nope nope that's it for me i think we've, we've we've pretty much covered everything that i wanted to say um yeah enjoyed cool. it and we
1: will return in three weeks for episode two three and four we'll talk about them all at once don't know how that's going to work considering how long we spent talking about this one but uh we'll see that was our discussion on the opening to legion season two thanks to youtuber 331 e-rock for the supply music if you like what you heard, then hit subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app, and join us on the next Neil Before Pod.